I want more of your mercy and less of my agenda. How many, how many believe that right now? Come on, we have a moment right here. Come on, God, I extend my heart to you. I extend my mind to you. I extend my desires to you that your name would be proclaimed. You can sing all you want to. You can do stuff all you want to. But it doesn't mean it's worship. How many of us know this? Talent does not equate anointing. Come on, devotion. That's what holiness is. Holiness is turning my back on sin and turning my face toward Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to just sing a song and I don't want my, my, my platform of my life to become a stage and just become a cluttered mess of this and that. The Bible says, let lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Can I tell you, can I remind you church on this blessed Sunday, this is the worst time. This is the worst time to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I'm telling you, Jesus is about to return. It's closer than it's ever been. Prophetic things are coming about every single, it feels like every single day. And so we want to be prepared for what God has to do. The call of God has never been so great upon us as it is today. The children of God, we must, as children of God, we must remove idols. I'm not waiting for you to preach about it, but I have my own devotion. I have my own time that I've got to be with the master because, because the devil and all of his evil imps are very educated about the supernatural. And it takes more than just cheap talk. How many believe that? Amen. What we are building today, what we are, because we're not done building. But let's pause and let's celebrate. But what God is doing has not ended. It's not the last service that we'll have. It's not the last baptism that we'll have. It's not the last Bible study that we'll have. But we are going forward. And so we take a step from all that we want and desire and the comforts of this life, and we examine ourselves. We align ourselves to Jesus Christ and to his perfect plan for us. As one of the phrases in the song that my sister um, signed to is, let our hearts be set ablaze for Jesus Christ. I'm under the, the idea that says it's, it's one thing for us to know what we believe and why we believe it and why we get so amped up. But our passion should go beyond just who we know. And people that we don't know should say there's something different about them. And there should be something different because of who we're connected to. Can't afford to ever allow the stuff of life to become more significant than the sacredness of that holy pursuit unto righteousness. Worship, worship is the precursor to the miraculous. Worship is the precursor to the miraculous. That our worship would not just be reduced or dumbed down to just listening or enjoying but not participating. Today, if there's sin in your life, you are in the right place. 
Today, if you are sick, you are in the right place. Today, if there is a trouble in your life relationship, you are in the right place because this is not just techniques and gimmicks and cheap talk, but the holiness of God is in this room. Come on, anybody have a testimony? Has anybody had an encounter with Jesus? Has anybody, I once was lost, but now I am found. Come on, I once was blind, but now I see the Lord has done something miraculous in my life. We must protect our routines and responsibilities, our relationships, to allow our lives to be saturated with the presence of God. There are some things, if you will, that need to be broken. Though. There are some concepts, mindsets, emotions, spiritual uh, things that have held us hostage. We're beginning to see something in, in my neck of the woods. Um, if, if we're willing to, to open ourselves to certain vulnerable areas, God will walk into that vulnerable room and things that have had us held hostage for years that God will begin to slowly and methodically begin to tenderly begin to bring healing. Come on, I'm telling you what our community needs is a healing. They don't need just a pat on the back. They need a healing. There are people in our church building that they don't need just to hear something. They need a healing in their hearts so that God can deliver. Not too long ago, not too long ago, I was at a a conference and in the service I had a elder that I am I'm very involved in a sense we're close and he, he began to pray for me and he said I have a word from God for you and I said okay even if it was in left field I'm going to at least take it consider it and uh, he says I, I, I feel like God's trying to say that you're wandering and I thought to myself in that moment what, what are you wandering? I feel like I'm living in one of the greatest revivals in Wellston has ever seen right now. It feels like blessings, the miraculous is opening up. And some, some stories that I'll, I'll share with you in a little bit. Like, I don't understand wandering. And as he walked away, and I was like, God, I don't want to be that guy that because I don't see it, that I don't agree with it. But God, you know the ways of man. You see my heart. Even when my own heart condemns me, God, you're greater than my heart. And I began to pray and, and think about what was going on, and it clicked with me. Something that has not been on my lips. I've not been kicking it around. I've not been chewing on it. It just has been laying dormant, a wound. A wound from another minister. And this is what... This is what the Lord began to talk to me about. He says, as long as you leave it, lay dormant in a closet somewhere. You know what unforgiveness does? It doesn't just stop you today, but it robs you from your tomorrow. It sabotages relationships that God has put in your place to bring help to you today. But because you look through a lens, 
something I didn't, it wasn't even on my radar. And something clicked inside of me. This happened just a few weeks ago. And I remember that I went without bringing up all the stupidness that I felt wounded over, unjustly served, whatever. I walked up and my heart was right there. I could feel the pulse of my heart. And I walked up to that individual at the same conference. And I said, I want you to know just from my heart, I couldn't be more proud of what you're involved in. I couldn't be more proud of what's going on. See, see what happens when we begin to break because, because there's things in our life. There's things in our life that if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will walk around our relationships, walk around our relationships trying to measure everybody by how that person treated me. Come on, if we want to go to the glory of God, ladies and gentlemen, at some point you're going to have to drag that skeleton out of that closet to an altar and said, I don't want that robbing me of my future anymore. I'm telling you, the church is not just a place where we jump and we shout and we say, it's also a place where we learn instead of measuring everybody by how I was wounded, I've got, I've got to dismantle the measuring line. I've got to dismantle the mindset that says I can't go. I'm telling you, there's a miracle in this room today. It's clearing the stage. It's opening up the platform and the plateau so that God can work the way God wants to work. As long as I live in my control, I'll never fulfill the divine potential that he has placed on my life. But at some point, you've got to be willing to discard the measurements that has locked me up and kept me as a prisoner of my own self. I wonder if somebody would raise their hands to the Lord and said, God, whatever you got to get out of me, get out of me. Mm. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God for unique ministries. I thank God for stick ministries. Stick ministries. Like stick around ministries. The reason we're accomplishing this today is because some people stuck around or another neighboring ministry as they... They stuck it out. They, some people had sticky hands. I'm not talking about shoplifters. I'm talking about there's some things that I've got to keep on the fingertips of my life. There are some things called love, long-suffering, gentleness. There are some attributes that I want to be sticky. I'm telling you, when I get around anointed people, I just want to listen to them. I want to be around them. I want my spirit to be so inclusive and sticky that I need more good friends. Come on, I need some more prayer warriors. I need some people saying God's going to work through you. God's going to bless you. 
But I also need some of those non-stick hands too. I don't need it after church. After God has moved and the anointing has fallen and surged in this house, that you come and bear your soul and your problem and your offense, that all of a sudden now it's stuck to me. Come on, a revival of all places in Maquanico, Wisconsin, that a church that gathers together and say, listen, there is a place for your wounds. There is a place for your, for your brokenness and your offense. But I don't need to get into the hatchet throwing contest just because you want me to. Hallelujah. Come on, I, I even think, not just in the cop world, but I think we need to stick them up, Spirit. We need to rest me, God. Come on, I'm going to praise you, not in my brain, but I'm going to praise you with whatever in my hand. I'm going to praise you. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. It doesn't matter if we have three in church or 300 in church. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to magnify him. The, the, the story that Zechariah is talking about, as he's looking, it, the, the, the reference and the influence is so far beyond just its words and grammar. He is projecting. What, what are you doing with that measuring stick? What, 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 well, quite honestly, I want to find the value. I want to find the total sum of what the value of this place is. I want to find the total sum of truth. Well, Jerusalem was prophesied about. Jerusalem was talked about in Old Testament. It, it, it's referred back to from our day and age. Jer Jerusalem is, is not a city that you can tabulate on your calculator and find the total sum worth feet and inches. I know that this is simple. But you mean to tell me that the value of this building can be just found in feet and inches and monetary equivalents? No, no, you, you don't understand. When somebody is filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, when somebody is baptized in the name of Jesus, it does not just affect that person. It affects their family. It affects their unborn. But let's simplify even that. Sometimes I'm convicted when we baptize somebody and on Monday morning, our social media team, we baptize one in the name of Jesus. God bless America. We missed it. There's a lot more in that service that happened than just one being baptized. There was a bunch of people that made a step toward Jesus. They came, they repented of their sins, they were renewed, the word of God spoke to them. Revelation was swelled. You see, Jerusalem was called the city of David, the possession of peace, the city of God. It was the, you, you know this. Many of you know this. It was the focal point of all Christian worship. It was the very place that the woman at the well says, yeah, one day, we're, we're going to go to Jerusalem. We're going to worship. And Jesus said, no, no, now, now is the time. Thank God for the focal point. But there's another dimension of my holiness, of my righteousness, of my authority, of my influence.
the total significance of Jerusalem was more than mere feet and inches, dollars and cents. It's more than what you see with your eyes. It's more than what you feel with your heart and your emotions. It's more than you touch with your hands. And it's more than what you just hear with your ears. Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the city of which God had established to protect. Jerusalem is where, of course, Jesus entered in that wonderful crucifixion. I say wonderful because it was the redemptive process that changed and transformed my life. It was that place that at 14 years old at Parkway that I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and said, God, I'm not, I'm not holding up. I know that there's probably a lot of sins I've not committed, but I've, I've, I've done my share. Hallelujah. And so I knelt down. I remember the exact spot where I kneeled down at altar call. Whoever preached, I don't know. But I remember kneeling down there and raising my hands and God miraculously filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've made mistakes since then. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to tell somebody, you can walk around with your critical ruler and you can say, we need to do this and this looks like this. Come on, that's sometimes our challenge as a production team is we're always looking at gears and switches and keys and sticks and instrumentation. But I'm telling you, that's why... That's why at least me in the church, I, I need the glory of God. I need the miraculous of God. I need the spirit. Although life has a lot to do with measurements, I'm not just kicking it to the curb. We measure things. We, we, we try and measure up. But the problem is not mere measuring the problem steps in when we start to isolate. What are you measuring? And with what measurement are you measuring that? I want to be successful. But I don't know that our success is how the world frames success. For one person, their success is getting the guts to walk through that door one more time. Oh, well, they didn't run around. Well, who cares? You didn't either. Come on, running around doesn't make you holy. Singing good doesn't make you righteous. And sometimes we overlook the obvious because we have this certain watermark. We have this certain place. And I've come to tell you on this dedication week that if God is going to continue to bless, and I think he will. If God's going to continue to do the miracle, and I think he will. If God's going to continue to swell our congregation and expand our building, and I think he will. There's got to be some, some rulers that on this given day are destroyed. I'm not measuring success by what you look like I'm not measuring success by how many people showed up today I'm not measuring success by how well carpeted you did I'll tell you I'll tell you how I structure my success I've got to make heaven my home nothing I've got to make heaven my home. I've got to help people in my city get to heaven. Just like Rocky. I've talked about Rocky before in my travels. But he's, he's our homeless guy at, at, in, in Wellston. And the other day, a short story, the other day that he was just out. I said, what are you doing, Rocky? 
I had some things that I was doing, getting ready to go mow and all this kind of stuff. I've been blessed to have a couple weeks off of work during the summer. And what are you doing? He says, well, I'm waiting on that motorcycle. And he's going to bring it over here and he's going to let me wipe it down for a couple bucks so I can go get a drink. All right, cool. I said, uh, you need any food? He's living in the woods. I don't feel bad about saying these things because he's not online right now. And you wouldn't know if, if, if you saw him anyway. The point is, so I, I did this. And I said, you need anything? He says, well, I have just a little bit of food. I said, we have a, we have a whole bucket of non-perishables. How if I go get you some of that and hygiene stuff? I just want to help you. You need anything else? You know how to get a hold of me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I said, I'm going to go do that, give you some time to wipe down that motorcycle. And then I'll just, I'll just bring it back to you. And then I'll load you up and I'll take you wherever you need to go. Blah, blah, blah. He said, okay. So I come back. And I, when I left him, this is the scripture that keeps on hitting me. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it as unto me. Some people are so tight. They're tight. That was deep. They've established everything in their life. Like you're God's gift. God, everything I have is what you've given me. As my mom says. You owe me nothing, God, but I owe you everything. Sometimes we overlook the obvious, the miracle potential of what a person, not here, what a person looks like. The amount of people that just drive past needy people. They work with needy people. They don't tell about Jesus. They're just in their own world. And so I came back and I felt conviction. I said, Rock, have you... You eating anything today? He says, no, not, not really. You know, you know me. I don't eat a whole lot because you never know what's going to happen. I said, well, let's go through McDonald's. Let, let me go get you something. I said, no, no. I said, no, th there's a, a nicer restaurant. Let, let's go over here. Right across the Get a steak. He said, that's what he said. He said, actually, you know I can't eat a steak. I ain't got no teeth. So he had that and a Coke and took a Coke to go. And I don't keep cash on me. I had, I had some money, more than 20 bucks. I said, I want you to have this. Where, where are you staying? And I started talking. My point is this. That sometimes that I have allowed what my eyes see to dictate how I release myself. Whew. Walking through our school system and seeing some people that are dealing with some stuff. I'm not trying to gross you out. I'm not trying. I don't know where you live, but I know I live in the real world. I imagine you do the same. People with challenges, kids with anxiety and depression, off, off the ruler. People just trying to pay attention. God, help me. Help me minister. Help me to somehow. When I walk into school this year, starting my sixth year as a school cop, as I walk in, 
God, it's my mission field. It's my mission field. Help me to not size people up. That, that, that's an ath athlete right there. That, that, that's a jock. That's a football player. That's a, that's a, a, a God, bring every, every cheerleader in our school. Somehow let us get them in church. If they could just feel the authentic presence of God, it can change everything. Come on. We have kids. We have kids that they don't wash their clothes. They don't, they have no way to wash. They have no water. They're, they're using the restroom and coolers and dumping it out back and we live in this wonderful I'm just telling you God you saved us for the rich you you called us to the rich you called us to the poverty but it doesn't fill your house with the needy I wonder if we could just raise our hands and say God would you help me to be the best Our measurements. You know what the Bible says? And the Bible talks to us about when you measure in the Old Testament. It's in Leviticus 27. Which usually we don't tell new people to start in Leviticus. Start with Psalms. Start with the Gospels. Get to know who this Jesus is. And the Bible says in Leviticus, And all thy estimation shall be according to the shekel anybody finish it of the sanctuary we don't we don't judge others our lives our success by what the world judges their lives we do it according to the sanctuary shekel if you're going to ground your kids ground them from the stinking video game thing not from church not from youth class, not from, from youth conference and youth camp. We've, we've got to create. Come on. If we're going to play music this way, music as unto the Lord. Let's honor God with all that we have. But the rest of the, the world, I don't understand why. They changed my entire schedule because of my church schedule. God. When I walk in that office and we go through a bat cave thing. And we walk into the office and connect with people and people are changing the way they talk slowly but surely pleading the blood of Jesus pleading the blood of Jesus over my boss pleading the blood of Jesus the, the point that I'm making is that sometimes we have these preconceived judgments premature judgment calls that I don't think God's going to work I don't think God's going to move and so I respond the way but there's a God there's a God that knows how to step beyond my expectation. There's a God that I serve that knows how. Come on, some of those scriptures that you've read that you don't even know that you've memorized and you start talking to somebody, God knows how to say, this is a great spot for this verse. This is a great concept. This is a great way to establish the glory of God, the weight of God's presence. And it's my job to remove the debris and the trash and the stuff, the stuff that emerges. You live in a house very long and you start scratching your head. How do I have all of that stuff? And then you move or something happens you're like that's never happening again. You stay there a couple of years. You're like, how does this stuff? The clutter, the storage. You can sit in church. You can sit in church. You can be present physically. 
while you're thinking about a thousand things mentally and emotionally. God, he wants his fire to fall in this place, but he only sends his fire on prepared altars. I heard one person say that it really doesn't matter how I treat people as long as me and God have this thing going on. I'm like, that's not what the Bible teaches us. Your character is a big deal. Your integrity is a big deal. How you treat one another is a really big deal to God. And there is this pulsing that I feel. I'm not trying to be hyper-spiritual, but there is something that is in this place that God is saying, if you would just let me have my way, I will, I will flip this and I will give you things that you never thought was possible and you will see my glory. So that when we're walking out of church, there are people that have never felt that before they've never seen that before they've never experienced that before and they're walking out saying did you see what happened in church yeah. or pastor i need five minutes you got to hear what happened at work because no matter where it's at god wants to saturate our lives saturate our lives for his goodness God, I plead your blood over my mind. I do. I plead your blood over the way that I see. I plead your blood over what I've experienced. I plead your blood. I asked, I asked my brother today, I'd, man, I'm telling you what, Panera has a great cinnamon crunch bagel. It's been a long time. They used to have a raspberry cream thing on it. Man, make me want to slap the back of my head with my tongue. I'm telling you, it was just, it was just mo gooda. It was. He said, tell me some of the things that have gone on. So he had this binder with all your faces, all your amounts. No. This happened. This happened. When he called me, and I could hear the emotion in his voice when he said, you would not believe what just happened at our leadership meeting. 26 or so leaders. That pledged over $700,000. That's not because they're rich. That's because they have vision. It's not because they can just write a check. It's because the cause, the cause is, come on, that's why a young 20 or so year old person can make in minimum wage or making part-time wage can say, I'm going to give triple what I make in a year saying, God, you're greater. God, you're holy. God, you're wonderful. It's not about what you have. It's about what will you release? And we do not release value unless we see value. I just, oh God, help us to, we're so stubborn. I think stubborn can be good in some things. I, I have 19 of these, so I'm not going to take 19 minutes to tell you. But do you know that sometimes stubbornness can limit us from what God wants to do? Uh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, there, there's, there, there's more. How about confusion? You know just enough about Jesus and just enough about the world. And so you've already come to a conclusion of what you think God honors. And you don't even know the protocols. 
And we're, our world is in a confused place. But it doesn't stop me loving people because we have agendas in our school. It doesn't stop me because we have transgenders and all these. Uh, that's confusion, ladies and gentlemen. But I'll tell you, they need to know that there's a church <laughs> that they can find deliverance and hope and peace and process. Addiction. God sent us all the addicted. I don't know. I don't know if there's a place for them in our community, a church family, but I'm telling you what, they would fit really good in this section. They would fit really good in, in this church building. Come on, bring us the addicted kids. Come on, bring us the kids of those that are addicted. Bring us those kids that have had miracles. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter if they come in naked, but God clothes us. I prophesy to this church, I prophesy to you, you're about to see a revival that you never foresaw. Some of you have just, just opted to say, well, this is just the way it is. This is just as good as my marriage is going to get. <laughs> And you measure everything by your control. There was a day that a sibling in my family, who's a female, that might not have been living right, that when she came to church, she was holding babies, going to the bubbler, doing everything she could with a distracted mind because she knows how intimate the Lord can touch a heart and touch a life and look in ministry today my point is this we're not talking about what God wants to do over there what God wants to do I'm not just talking about Africa I'm not just talking about the Netherlands I'm not just talking about Mexico I'm talking about Maguanago God is raising up a church Sorry. Sorry. I want to find the value. You're not going to find it in pricing drum kits. You're not going to find it in pricing foot pedals. You're not going to price it in TVs. You're not going to find it in all of the toiletries. You're not going to find the value of this place. But I'll tell you what. What happens? How many of our lives have been transformed? Because something was said that we just couldn't get away from. Something was sung that it just touched. It penetrated our heart. Something was inferred. Something was projected. Something happened when that lady, come on, whatever denomination she was from. But she says, I need to be baptized and God filled with the Holy Ghost on Friday night of our, of our dedication. Music, you can come. There's just prodigals and backsliders that have a hard time trying to walk through that door because they're expecting condemnation. <laughs> they're expecting that they'll never measure up. That lady that in prayer spoke to my wife, will I ever outlive mistakes of my youth will people ever look at me 
without thinking of the mistakes. But God has a way of turning our trash into treasure, tur turning our mistakes and misfortune into miraculous power. Ladies and gentlemen, we should talk the testimonies of God like we've never talked, but it is my prayer, and I'm praying it for the church in Wellston at Life Source as much as Life Point. I'm saying, God, let some of us that have carried around these measuring sticks for too long, I know I'm trying to graffiti what you've cleaned up, but there's a God. We will never forget the mess of the miracle that touched a messed up heart, a messed up life, a messed up marriage, a messed up job, a messed up. God, God, send us the abused. Oh God, send us those that have been molested. They don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get to the grace of God. Come on, send us those that are so angry, so angry, so angry. Send them to us. Send them to us. Come on. Come on. We are the best thing this police department has ever seen because we are not just rehabilitating. There is a transforming that takes place. Missionary made, made the statement. He said, some want to live within the sound of the church of the chapel bell. But help us to run a rescue shop from within the yard of hell. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing the picture that the Bible shows us in Matthew 16? Upon this rock, Simon, I will build what? My church. Not your church. Not your church. You don't get to manipulate the church. Not your church. I will build my church. And then he didn't start talking about walls of jasper and streets of gold. And No. The very next thing, Ryan. I'm going to build my church. And guess how close it's located to the next phrase. And the gates of hell cannot prevail oh my goodness Hallelujah. the gates of hell cannot prevail you know you know what this church is thank god that we're on this road and everybody gets to see and but we're a lot of people's last stop before hell so it makes sense that we should have all the lifeguards on deck it makes sense that our first impressions should not just be first impressions but the best of first impressions that our musicians don't just come to play a little gig but we're going to open the gateways and the doorways to enter into the inner sanctum of God's holy presence where the glory comes and where those people white knuckled, driven and bound by sin are going to find something they can't find in a bar. They can't find at a hypodermic needle. They can't know. They can't find at the drug dealer. They can't find with another woman or another. It's going to be the 
release of the supernatural. Oh my goodness. Would you raise your hands? This does not compare. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. This does not compare, but it's my story. You, you know the difference between McGuanagal and Wellston, right? He, he knows. He still, he still calls me pastor. I love this man, his family. I had the privilege, Brian, the honor to say I was your pastor. But God's not done with him. I was telling my mom, sent her a picture. I said, two weeks before I got a phone call, my God, I wish I had a picture of our church van right now. It doesn't look good. It's blue, police blue. I don't know why. We've had it for 16 years, bro. 16 years. It's been the best van on the planet. I'm telling you what. Just add a little oil every once in a while, and it just come on. We it's a youth it's a youth thing. So there's stains all over the 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 front hood. It's so it's so faded because of the sun. I think cops used it before, and we we bought it from them in New Jersey, and we are so elated. Fifteen thousand dollars for a church van, and. Uh, it's so bad on the hood, so faded, that we found a big sticker, Isis Apostolic, and we put it right on. And as long as you're short, you'll never see what the top looks like. We took, took some of our elders to camp meeting with us, and I said, I just want you all to know that this is the final voyage. What are you talking about? And I'm trying to keep my mouth shut, but I can't keep my mouth shut because I'm so excited. And all of a sudden, I two weeks before I got a phone call, God, we don't we don't have twenty grand. I don't I don't want an eighty thousand dollar one. I mean I do, but we don't need that. Would you just help us? Two weeks later, a man calls me. He says, "Hey, I just no." He came to church and he showed me this shuttle bus. It's a diesel. It has a handicap accessibility to it, 20, 20 things. And he says, you know what? We got to have a CDL to drive it. So let's take out some seats. Then we don't have to have a CDL. Then he... While I was here, he sent me a picture. He said, hey, your shuttle bus just showed up. Me and my wife just donated it to the church. <laughs> just let us use it. Because we're starting a program sometime this year. It's already okayed <coughs> that we're going to bring students that are in school at the public school. It's called LifeWise. You should look it up. That we can shuttle them to a neutral place and teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're starting with our elementary and we need a shuttle bus for that. And so they said as long as we can use it for that, Pastor, you can have it. Can you use it? The other day he handed me, uh, somebody in our church handed me a check for $50,000. We made a commitment. We're going to give this. We want the brick house. It's going to be a teen center. And we want to see this happen. $100,000 came in. 
did. I know I am overwhelmed with what you raised. One point I asked Rob, give me a general idea of what you raised as, as your three-year commitment. He gave me every single dollar. God, I don't want to be bound because well, maybe they feel too old. They don't know the right people. No, we can only seat so many in this building. I, I feel the hand of God speaking through me, telling you, if you have a measuring line in your hand, you'll never find the significance. You'll never find the significance of Jerusalem in feet and inches. You'll never find it by just looking at your bank account and your investments. Come on, there's something that only God can step into that realm. I feel like right now there's a troubling. You know, you know in the in the in the New Testament where the angel would come down in a certain season and trouble the waters, and anybody that stepped in that they would be healed. Can I tell you it's not just the first, the race is not to the swift, but to anybody that endures. Stand with me. God, I don't deserve it and I cannot earn it but I am hungry for the supernatural we're about to build an education wing the engineer laughed us almost out of the office when we told them how much money we have to build the education wing, $53,000, a 30 by 70. The general contractor in our church, I said, I need to know. I need to know just where we are. He said, Pastor, I think if the men help us and the church family helps us, I think we can knock it all the, out of the park and we can build and expand. It's not big, but it's ours. God said, I am giving you vision that your bank account cannot even afford because the plan is, is the miracle sometimes happens in each step. So I speak the authority in the name of Jesus, not over our past, but over our present right now. People that would raise their hands and worship I plead the blood of Jesus over every marriage in this room. I plead the blood of Jesus over every uncertainty and every vague idea of potential. I speak the name of Jesus over every exhausted leader. I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over every issue that's in the back of our mind that if you could just do this. I speak the name of Jesus over every young person in this room. God does not want you. He does not just want to wait for you to turn 30 before he wants to use you right now. Jayla, there's an anointing on you. Not because you're my niece. Not because you're just the worship leader and you have a talent. There's, a, there's an anointing on you. And there's going to be doors that are going to open because you're going to pause at certain moments and say, I've never been here before. I've never seen this before. But God, I'm going to step in. There are miracles that are about to happen in this building and outside of this building when we learn to yield. 
Come on, raise your hands to the Lord. Tell it. Come on, Lord. Yes. Yes. Come on, let's respond to the Lord right now. Come on, let's respond.
started carrying around these broken pieces that are in front of you. I wrote on it the date. God, there's parts of my life that I I don't need to put the measuring stick away. I need to break it. It needs to be broken so that my faith can soar. I started walking around with it. Moments of prayer started carrying it to me with work. Everywhere I would go, it would go. It was in that time that God brought in enough money for us to build an education wing. He said, you got to keep it in front of you. God, I want to minister to my community like I've never ministered to. It was just a few weeks ago, a lady shows up and I'm letting my dog go to the, the restroom. I'm on duty. Go to the restroom. She pulls up. She says, what does it take to be baptized? She don't attend my church. She has a broken past. I said, set a date. You're going to get a Bible study before we do it. But come. She says, my kids need it. They're in, they're in high school. They need it. My father needs it. She's the only one that showed up. Her and her son. She wept in that water. Baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. A backslider mom called just before that happened and said, what are you doing today? My wife answered the phone call. I don't know. What are we doing today? She says, well, my son Braden has been reading the Bible. He's going to be a freshman and he wants to be baptized. Can you do it right now? We're in Jackson. We're not very far away. Can you do it right now? Yeah, give us an hour. We'll meet you over there. Walked that boy in, gave him a Bible study, baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of of his sins. You don't know what God is doing. You don't know what God is communicating, but as we come to this altar, and at some point you're going you're gonna to grab one of these things, you're going to write, what do I need to be broken? Maybe it's something personal. It's not for anybody else's eyes, but it's something that God, I'm going to just keep God, touch my, my boss. God, touch our finances. God, touch our relationships. But as we walk forward, don't bring your best. Why don't you bring your brokenness? Why don't you bring the incompleteness that God, I am incomplete in you. And by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, God, things are going to be broken. Generational curses are going to be broken. Come on, help me come up here and pray. Father, we declare the name of Jesus over every one of our kids. I plead the blood of Jesus over our young men, over our young ladies. I plead the blood of Jesus over our marriages. I plead the blood of Jesus over our work. I plead the blood of Jesus over what we do in our activities. Oh God, I plead the blood of Jesus over our mindset. I plead the blood of Jesus over our limitations. I plead the blood of Jesus over our humanity. God, I know what you've done, but there's a lot of things I don't know. And on this dedication service, it's nothing more important than me dedicating my heart back to you. Consume me. Calibrate me. Align me. God, I'm just human. I'm just frail man humanity. But God, there's a hunger in this place. Of course you're here. But sometimes we forget that you're not just here to bless the blessed. You're here to bless the brokenness. Come on, you're not here just to make something better. But you're here to take the pieces. 
you're here. Come on. You said that you're going to trade an oil of joy for a spirit of heaviness. Come on, if you need direction, I know the best director in the world. That's Jesus Christ. Come on, if you're at a standstill in your life, God wants to puncture and break through. you to break through break through my pain break through my heart come on i wish somebody would give your impossibility to the lord i wish somebody would say god all i got is brokenness all i have is 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 debris come on somebody clear your stage come on clear the stage of your heart clear the stage of your heart god i present my body as a living sacrifice just go away. I know it's going to take time. I know it's process, but I speak the name of Jesus right now. I speak the name of Jesus. I will not be bound any longer. I will not be hindered any longer. God, break through my heart. Break through the pride. Break through the shame. Break through the, the brokenness. Break through all those aspects. over our young ladies. God, as they go to Congo, but you don't need a Congress to get God's attention. God can do it right now. God can do it in the van ride. Come on, God can do it at Culver's. God can do it at school. God can do it. 